Yes, happy birthday to Mr. Oster. Today's the big day. He's gone fishing for the weekend, but he always finds time to spend with us. So we'll get to him in a moment. You know what to do, 866-391-1020. And if you want that Sorgles gift certificate, if you're the uh, 10th caller, 412-922-1020. Doug, let's get right to the birthday wishes. So if there was anything you could wish for, I think you'd be pretty happy with this weather as far as what we're having here in western Pennsylvania. Low humidity, mild temperatures, a little rain just to splash the garden, and a little sunshine, too. Good morning. Good morning, and thank you for those uh, birthday wishes. I appreciate that, Rob. 61 years old. I feel good, though, I'll tell you. You don't know you're old at 61. Everybody else knows you're old, but you don't know you're old yet. And, uh, yeah, this is great weather. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's planting weather, transplanting weather, perennial weather, bulb planting weather, <laughs> lots to do. Uh, and I've got a lot to cover here in these first uh, few minutes. I want to talk to you about uh, the visit I made to Janoski's. And, you know, I talk about this not because they're sponsors, but because they're friends. And I, I learn so much when I go there. I learn so much that a farmer can teach you, teach a gardener. Uh, and it's funny, when I go, I, I first start to get go in and get produce. And I had my mask on, my sunglasses on, my hat on. And I just have a running thing with Patty Janoski where I want to go in <laughs> buy my produce, like a, a pay what a normal person would pay, and then I put put that out in my car and I come in and I see everybody. Well, within two minutes, Rachel, who runs the, the store, she recognizes me. And I'm like, how did she do that? And I was telling the story to my wife, and she said, with a head the size of yours, there's no, no way no one's not going to know who you are. And so Rachel and I had a great talk, and I was looking – for Mike Janoski, and she says he's out in the he shed, not the she shed, the he shed. And I thought that was pretty funny. But the first thing is garlic. They've got their own homegrown garlic there. And when you buy garlic that you know is grown locally, it, it, you're paying so much less when you're buying it as food. And they've got a ton of it. And it's a variety called German White. And German white is one of my favorite varieties, and these are nice-sized bulbs. Uh, I, sh I uh, posted some pictures uh, on my Facebook page. Uh, it's If you want to grow garlic and you don't know where to get it, go on out there because they'll have plenty for you. And I'm going to actually I'm gonna talk to Mike and get another 10 pounds for uh, all my friends. What I do is when we get to October, which is garlic planting season, I take garlic and I drive all around the area to all my friends and give them garlic to plant uh and it's it's just uh that was the first thing that i saw there and then uh let's see i ended up with carrots beets cabbage peaches nectarines onions and it was cool to see the onions the onions are a variety called candy and when i had visited for a story i think it was in december and Stephen had just started the onions when there was just like thousands and thousands of little seedlings and to, to go there now at the end of the season and actually see these beautiful harvested onions it was pretty cool and so I uh, Mike didn't recognize me to double take as I'm walking up to the he shed I was actually looking for Stephen I wanted to talk to him about a couple things and the first thing of course we talk about is that uh, it's the driest season since 1997 Mike was telling me and I was asking, well, what was the worst? Because I remember one in the 80s. He goes, 88, 1988. And if, if you were gardening in 1988 like I was, and I was on a well at the time, 
you remember how dry that was. But uh, we had a ride around on the farm, and that was really amazing. Uh, you know, when you think about us waiting for our water, waiting for our rain, using our water, he took me out to some big cornfields, and he said, this is uh, land that doesn't have any irrigation. And he said, if it wouldn't have rained when it rained, we would have lost all this. And I'm just thinking, well, you would have lost the seed, the pot cross of the seed, the maintenance. The He's like, yeah, don't even go into it. <laughs> Uh, but one interesting thing I did see out in the field that he's doing a lot of is a thing called cover crops. And so for a lot of people, they can't bring in wheelbarrow after wheelbarrow of compost to improve the soil. And so one thing that he's growing before he plants his garlic is buckwheat. And there's buckwheat planted, and what they'll do is right before they plant the garlic, they'll till it in, then it'll sprout again because there'll be some seeds in there. They'll till it one more time, and that is going to provide everything that the the garlic's going to need is that buckwheat. And so in our case, uh, winter rye is one of the cover crops that I use. It's easy to find, and I put that in after I bring the tomatoes out in October. So that's something to think about as a way to improve your soil. Now, later today, we'll be joined by Miles Stevens from the Davy Tree Expert Company, and he'll talk about putting the right tree in the right place. We'll talk uh, all about planting, transplanting trees. I've got lots of questions for him. If you don't get through today or you don't want to ask your question on the air, just go to my website, dougoster.com. I'm getting lots of good questions from listeners there. And you never know, one of those questions might end up in my Ask Doug series uh, that I post about once a week. And I'm going to be live on Thursday at Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse. It's in McDonald, which is off 79 South near Bridgeville. Uh, I'm getting up on my soapbox to preach about one of my favorite things when I'm there, fall planting. Brothers and sisters, don't stop. I'm going to inspire you to plant and tell you how I do it. Uh, it's $10, but you get a coupon worth the 10 when you spend 40 there. It's a private event, and so you'll be able to come to a reception at 5.30, then I'll speak, and then we can shop together, and we'll be the only ones in there to do the shopping. All the details at DougOster.com. Uh, as I've talked about the last few weeks, I'm taking people to Croatia in July. You can find all the information there. And I wanted to tell you about how I have been enjoying my garden tomatoes lately. <laughs> I'm making a tomato and olive sandwich on rye with what else? Duke's mayonnaise. No one is paying me to tell you about Duke's mayonnaise, but, oh, I'm telling you what, uh, my wife and I are just in love with this stuff, and uh, there's a whole cult of people who love Duke's mayonnaise. So tomatoes and olives on rye with Duke's mayonnaise. That's my absolute favorite. 866-391-1020. Congratulations. Uh, We are going to continue with your phone calls, but right now, Betty, you are the star of the hour, at least the first half hour, winning that gift certificate from the good folks at Circles. We'll be back. Stay with us. Yes, he is. 866-391-1020. Here's Gloria. Hey, Gloria. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Um, Happy birthday, Doug. Thank you. I hope you have a wonderful birthday. Uh, My question is about my hydrangea bush. It's about 60 years old, so it's one of the old original ones. And when it was uh, at its prime, it used to give a lot of nice blue blossoms and everything. And then off and on, I'd get maybe one or two every year and uh, sometimes none at all. 
but this year, I don't know what happened. It was loaded with all these beautiful blue uh, blooms. Now I don't know what to do because the uh, flowers are dr- getting dried out and they're not looking that great. I don't know whether I should cut them off. And, you know, I, w- I wanted to see what you have to tell me about it. So what that's telling us is that the plant is still doing its thing, but the the weather is what's stopping it. Uh, we had such a mild winter last year that many people had a great hydrangea year, including myself. I had one called Nico Blue, which puts on those blue flowers like that. that oh, it was just gorgeous. Yeah, mine hadn't put on blooms in probably two or three years, but it, it was be, because we had a mild winter. So you've you got to be careful whenever you're thinking about cutting back a hydrangea. Now, you can trim those old dry flowers off if you want. You don't have to, but if you don't like the way it looks, you can carefully trim those off, but keep an eye on, look closely at the plant, and you'll see there's little buds on there, and those buds are what are going to become next year's flowers. Okay, but then I often heard when Jessica was talking about them, she talked about old wood. They bloom on old wood, and I really don't know which, what is the old wood? Is that, some of the old wood is dried out, so it must be something that I didn't, that's from so the, year the, the term old wood just means this year's wood. It oh, means okay. It, 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 so when we talk about hydrangeas, some are old wood bloomers and some are new wood bloomers. A new wood bloomer means in the spring that new growth will produce buds. Yours produces its buds now, and so that's the old wood. That doesn't mean like, you know, 10-year-old wood. And so, yeah, if you have an, uh, a a a branch that's dried out and and dead that can be removed Uh, and anytime we have dead dead one on a plate it can be removed but here's what i i'm doing on my hydrangea and i don't know if yours is too big to do this but i'm protecting it from the 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 winter by i pound some tomato steaks around it and i just surround the outside not the top just the outsides with burlap that is tall enough so that uh it gets to the top of the plant and that's and that pre- what's that happening is, is from the frost. Yeah, well, it's more about we have these warm thaw periods. The buds will start to swell, and then we have this in February really cold weather sometimes that can freeze those buds. And a lot of times it's through uh, wind, you know. And so yeah. I've had better luck by surrounding it with burlap. Now it doesn't look good. I'm telling you that. Yeah. Uh, when when you go out in the garden, but that's. That's been the best way for me, and I think for you, that's, that's it's exciting news because even though that plant's so old, not quite as old as me, but no, you're it, it, young compared to uh, the uh, you, you the plant and me. I'm 88 <laughs> years old, so you should feel good being your age because you're just a youngster. <laughs> uh, just like uh, just like that hydrangea bush. Then you said it was 60, but uh, maybe it's 60. older. Sixty years ago, my husband planted it. Oh. And I, and it, I'll tell you, the blooms were just beautiful. Now here, I need to ask you now, where the flowers bloomed on the stem, that I, uh, doesn't come. The the next year blossoms don't come on that stem, does it? It comes on another stem. No, it could be on that stem, but it could be below where that flower is. That's okay, where the Okay, well then I got to be really careful. Exactly. Just look closely. Take your time. Uh, you'll see, once you see the bud and you know what the bud is, you, yes. you won't have any problem. You, it'll it'll be fine. 
uh, trim off those older flowers, and then if you have the the time, the energy, and if you think it looks okay, give it some kind of protection from the winter, and your 60-year-old hydrangea will hopefully go for another 60. Thanks so much for your call, Gloria. Let's move on now to David. David, how are you? Hey, well, not too darn bad. Now, I'm calling from California, but thinking in terms of Pittsburgh, um, you know, we've got winter coming on, but there are probably still a few vegetables that could be gotten in, uh, you know, for like an autumn crop. So I'm wondering, uh, you know, this um, with COVID, you know, food supplies may run short. You know, they're saying that crop pickers, uh, you know, the migrant workers or whatnot are coming down with COVID bad. So, you know, it may really disrupt food supplies. What about food supplies from uh, David in California? David, thank you for the call. Go ahead, Doug. Yeah, we always talk about fall planting uh, as a way to to supplement what you get at the store. And so this is the time to plant uh, either seeds or plants. We still have time for the seeds, lettuce, greens, uh, kale, collards, uh, all the nurseries are going to have plants coming in. You know, I've got Swiss chard out there, lettuce, uh, arugula, stuff like that. Uh, they love cold weather. They love cool weather. And th- those will go, and we'll talk about this over the next month and a half, you know, with some protection and with the slow start to winter we've been getting. Those will go all the way to December. All right. Talk to me about Croatia. We've got about two minutes before the break. Well, I'm I'm taking people to Croatia next July. We're on a, a big boat just by ourselves, 30, it holds 36 people, it's, it's a yacht, and I've got more than half of the cabins uh, accounted for, and if you, if you want to travel, if you want to travel with me, I want to travel bad, I tell you, I miss it so much, but I've always wanted to see Croatia, and the way we do it is when we fly in, we, we have a, a personal guide who meets us at the airport and just takes care of us the entire trip. It's a 12-day trip. Seven of it, we're just cruising along the coast of the Adriatic Sea, going to different ports at uh, in Croatia, some really cool places. Uh, and as I said, I've always wanted to see it. I'd love you to see it. There's lots of gardens to see, but lots of other stuff too. And it's just a wonderful trip. And all the information is at DougOster.com. The thing about it is it's a year away you know, assuming we'll be fine by then. If not, you would get all your money back. If we don't go, you get all your money back. So uh, there's nothing to lose there. And if you've ever dreamed of, like me, to see Croatia, just check it out and give me a call. All the information's there at DougOster.com. There's actually a little webinar I did there where you can see, just play it yourself and see every stop, all the pictures of every place we're going to go and what the boat looks like. It's just it's going to be fun. I can't wait. I'm headed to McKnight Road later today. Any recommendations, Doug? <laughs> uh, yeah, go to Coons and get into that little beer store they have there. <laughs> That's where I'll be. What time are you going to be there, Rob? Maybe I'll come see it all depends. I'm flexible, Doug. Hey, listen, I have nothing else going on, no life. Uh, listen, hey, real quick, I know your answer to this, but Dollar Bank Instant Access, uh, recommending an arborist uh, having some issues with Japanese maples and some oak trees and that. And obviously, I know your answer, but why don't you give them a little love before we get yeah, ready, Joe? Yeah, sure. It's our friends at Davy Tree. And again, yeah, they are sponsors of the show, but I used Davy Tree for 30 years before there was that radio show or before I was writing about gardening. And yeah, the number to, to call Davy Tree is 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. I talk to people every day 
and they tell me about the the arborists that that, that come out. These guys that you you hear on the radio show, and they all just get uh, glowing rev- reviews. Going to let Doug take a little bit of a break, and then we'll get right back to your phone calls. Great day today, and looking forward to a wonderful week and obviously the fall planning season. So, ladies and gentlemen, get those questions in for Doug. We have all of our lines open at 866-391-1020. And then Ribs and Wings with Joe and Frank Dentisi, Heffron Tillotson, Your Money and You, Jamie Meredith, Ray Ballantyne today. Then we wrap up our day today with the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday Show. Steelers have their roster of 53 set. We'll talk that. We'll talk the Pirates and Reds. We've got some U.S. Open. We've got the Tour Championship, college football, high school football. And, yeah, folks, you just never know. A little NHL, NBA, too. Good stuff. Stay with us. And if you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you're going to win that $25 gift certificate to go out and see the folks at Janoski's. We are joined by Miles Stevens from the Davy Tree Expert Company. And, Miles, this is a very important topic, right tree for the right place. First off, why is it that we have to keep telling people Look at the plant tag. Know how big it's going to get. Know if it likes sun. Know if it likes shade. It's it's the number one problem, I think, when talking about planting trees with people. Right. It is it is a big problem. There's many times you go to properties and it's a nice tree, but it's you know two feet, three feet from the house, and and uh, you know the wrong place for it. Unfortunately, times have to be removed, and that's that's most unfortunate. But uh, just the fact that uh, you know. People and even some people that do some of the planting don't really understand or look down the road as to how big the, the, the plant is, you know. And I think if you're going out there to help people out, you've got to sort of work through a process to help them try to select the right tree. Yeah, uh, it might look great that day, but in right. five years or seven years or ten years, there, I, for me, it's heartbreaking to look at a, a landscape and, and I think – as I do when you're driving through these neighborhoods and you see something like, you're like, Oh, it's such a beautiful tree now, but you can tell that in whatever the amount of time is that it's, it's going to outgrow its space. Yeah. I think I always uh, talk to people first of all, is ask me, you know, when they plant a tree, it's like, okay, so what do you want the tree for? You know, what, you know, do you, or what do you want? Do you want a flowering tree? Do you want a shade tree? Uh, do you want something with foliar color? And then move the process of, okay, now here's a space we have here. You know, these are the trees that might work for you. But just to try to work through a process you really want. And, you know, with trees, you have to be 3D too. So don't be looking to plant a 50-foot tall tree and then it's going to be into your service wires, which are 20 feet off the ground in a, in a few years. So I'm going to try to work through the process of the space you have. And what what do you you know what do you want what do you want with the tree? Do you want it to be a flowering more ornamental type, or do you want something that's going to you know develop into a shade tree? Do you want it for privacy? Do you want you know what do you, what do you want the tree for, and then and work from there and with the space you have to decide you know what what do you want to plant? And it's also important with sun, shade, dry, wet right, places. Right, exactly, right. Yeah, don't plant a tree that likes shade. You know, I always go back to. You know, dogwoods, you know, whatever people, they love them, but they'll put them right in the middle of the front yard, full sun, west-facing slope, and it's going to, it's going to beat them up, and then they're not going to make it. You know, so exactly sunshade, uh, you know, what's their tolerance, soil conditions, you know, what are they going to tolerate, and the aspect of where you're going to plant a tree. So this is the start of tree planting season, right? 
Oh, yes, absolutely, yes. Why is it that that it's better to, to plant trees and shrubs in the fall? Why why do we always see fall as for planting? Well, I think the fact that, you know, generally, of course, you know, especially this year, you get through, get into more milder weather conditions, you know, so you're not going to have the tree sitting out there in 95-degree weather. Uh, also, the fact you can get the tree in the ground, you can get it uh, uh, sort of established, prepared, you know, prior to the winter time. Uh, so that makes a great season and time of year to be doing that. And uh, you can get it all ready for the winter time. And then, you know, for the next spring, then you can enjoy the tree the next spring when it leaves out or flowers or whatever. Well, have, just a general nicer weather conditions. I have a Japanese maple. I've got to move it. I just It's just not happy where it's at. And um, when you, I'm thinking about transplanting this little Japanese maple, it's only been in there two years, probably four feet tall. What's the number one thing that I should think about when I'm going to move this thing? I'm moving it out, and I'm putting this Rose of Sharon. I'm planting a Rose of Sharon, Miles. Don't hate me for that. Uh-oh, but uh-oh. It's, a, it's, a, it's a fancy one. It's called Sugar Tip, okay? So it has var- variegated foliage and double pink uh-huh. flowers. I love Rose of Sharon's, okay? So so don't shame me for putting a Rose of Sharon oh, in. I, I think they're a nice plant, too. It, it, a lot of times they get buried somewhere in the landscape, and everybody wonders why they're there. So when I'm going to move this Japanese maple, talk me through it. Well, uh, first of all, you know, I'm going to think that you're going to probably want to move it to a little more. I would go for a sunnier location, especially if it's a night that's going to have the, the reddish-type foliage, number one. Number two, you know, uh, you want to make sure you're moving the plant. It's sort of like when you get a new plant. You want to make sure you move uh, enough of the root system. So I would, you know, make sure I excavate a large enough area. Uh, you know, when I get that dug out, probably try to wrap it in burlap. I have my site pre-selected, have it dug out and move the tree there. And, and then once I get it there, uh, get all soil mulched in and then uh, and uh, then uh, make sure you have uh, do some watering. I know it's going to be cooler out, but it's just critical for fall watering as much as it might be for springtime and whatnot. But uh, I would just uh, select a good site, move it there. Like I said, if it's uh, looking for enjoy the foliage, especially the reddish, you're going to want to have more sun on that. When I do make this this move, when I transplant and put this new tree in, that was interesting you said about the watering because we're not thinking about that this time of the year, but that's really important. How long do I keep watering these transplanted trees or newly planted trees if I'm not getting the rain that I I need? I would would say all the way till Thanksgiving, you know, at the point in time, you know, it depends on the weather, but, you know, you shouldn't have to be watering it every day, but certainly a couple times per week, you know, check the soil moisture, sort of stick your finger in the ground and see how it feels. But certainly, you know, uh, throughout the fall till Thanksgiving, you know, uh, for deciduous and, and even sometimes it means more uh, bigger concern for evergreens because, you know, they hang onto the foliage all winter. If you let them go in the winter with very dry soil, very dry roots, there's a good chance of winter desiccation. We talked a little bit about this last week about the uh, spotted lanternfly. I am getting every time somebody sends me a picture of a bug to identify, they're asking me, "Is this the, the spotted lanternfly?" And I, you know, one of them was yesterday. It was a saddleback caterpillar, which is a crazy-looking caterpillar that can really uh, mess you up. It can. I don't know if it's technically stinging, but it it can it can make give you a rash. And then the other one were just right. some aphids, aphids of, of a little, uh, not aphids, but uh, what am I trying to say? Just little itty-bitty uh, 
bugs that were a, a leaf-footed bug or so, something that's, that's uh, benign. Are you hearing a lot of people saying, like, uh, w- w- wondering about the spotted lanternfly? Because it is it is technically here in Allegheny County, but in very small numbers, right? Well, yes, it, it, it is here, though. I mean, uh, we've, you know, I've, I've personally not seen it, but we've got some touch out in the field of Sam, and I know in the northern suburbs, I think they've seen in the eastern suburbs. Not, I wouldn't say overly plentiful right now, but a spotted lanternfly, it is here, you know, maybe a little more in uh, isolated areas or more. You might have a tendency to find it more like um, industrial sites, I guess I'll call them, where you have a lot more tree of heaven. And they may have hitchhiked in via, you know, trucks, trains or whatever. Okay. Nothing to worry about yet, but something to worry about in the future. Uh, well, since yeah. it is, go ahead. No, oh, yes, definitely. I mean, uh, definitely something to uh, to watch out for. I mean, when people finally see a spotted lanternfly, I think they're going to know exactly what it is when they see the adult. Very yeah. colorful, you know, large enough. They'll see it, and, and, and what it does, it swarms also. And the adults, they'll, they'll swarm to trees. So I think once you have them, you're going to not have any problem identifying them. Well, since it is planting season, last year you told me to put in a service berry, which I did, and I loved it. I just I love this tree. Uh, tell me about maybe one or two other kind of cool favorites that you have that would be easy to grow in sun to part shade? Okay, well, i tell you another tree that I really like. I don't see it planted a whole lot, but gives you some fall color foods as flowers is sourwood. Mm. And, uh, I mean, great fall color uh, flowering. I actually have one planted in my house right off my deck. And uh, they're slow growing. They're not fast growing, but they're 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 a pretty tree, and they can get to be you know I've I've seen a couple that get to be thirty forty foot tall, so you're going to want to make sure you have room for them. But I think sourwood is a an, an oh, excellent tree for there. And once again, when you talk about planting, you know, think thinking native. It's a native tree, and so right. you know the, 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 you know not as susceptible to a lot of those other issues. But sourwood would be a great tree. All right, Miles, stick around and. Uh... For more information about Davy Tree or ask what's going on with your trees, go to davy.com slash kdka. Remember, you can always call the experts from Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. And we have a special giveaway today. If you would like to win a free Davy Tree T-shirt, beautiful green T-shirt that says trees are the answer, just go to DougOster.com, and you, you can read about how to do that. All you do is just send me a, a comment that says enter, and then I'm going to pick the winner on Tuesday. Back to you, Rob. All right. Thank you very much, gentlemen. More to come in a moment. Stay with us. All right. Again, congratulations to a winner, and that winner is Rod from Pittsburgh, winner of that gift certificate from Janoski's. Now, ladies and gentlemen, right back to the phones. Uh, we've got Miles and Doug both on remote today, discount to the Pittsburgh Newsline. Let's talk to Gene in Oakmont. Hey, Gene, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, I have three different things. I don't think we can get to all of them. Um, we'll try. The first one, can you hear me okay? Yep, we'll try. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I planted two hydrangeas in front of my uh, house, one on each side of the front door, and they've done very well. And as you said, this is a great year for hydrangeas. It was just filled with blooms. But um, it's in the shade, and maybe that's why the stalks were so tall. But we got a hard rain, and the whole thing, this beautiful plant, just 
arched over to the ground. And my husband kept saying they'd pop up, but he never did. So we have a series of cords and, and stakes all over the place. It doesn't look very good, but that's how we're propping them up. But some are still bent over. So I heard your comments before about cutting back hydrangea. Um, because these stalks are so slender and tall, should I sacrifice the plant and cut them back? Because I think when we get snow, I mean, they're just going to boom, fall over again. You, you would be, uh, you'd be cutting off next year's blooms. I don't think you want to do that. Uh, there's two, I think there's two things you can do. Figure out a support system for the plant or move the plant to a place that it's, it's happier. Uh, this would be the okay. time to move it. But if it's a very mature plant, if it's been there forever, uh, it's, you know, and if it's too big, it's just going to be hard to move. You have to bring in the pros. You'd have to bring in Davy Tree to, to, yeah. to do that for you. It's only about uh, two years old. It's it's very well. Just a How couple old is it? years. Just about two. All right, well, it's movable then. I would mm -hmm. think. Uh those yeah, are your two those are your two uh solutions there. Either figure out a way to support those stems that looks nice or move it. What was the You know what, Doug? She is no longer on the line. Okay. And we've got about two minutes left. So what do you say we take Sue and Plum very quickly? Sue, you got about a minute and a half. Go ahead, please. Yes, I'm growing uh, heirloom tomatoes. And I read an article where at a certain point you pull them and let them ripen on your counter. I read another article where you leave them on the vine. What, is, what should I do? Okay, well, that's a great question. For now... Let's just leave them on the vine, let them do their thing, uh, and then once it gets cold, here's, here's my trick. Once it gets cold, I pull all the fruit off, and I'm talking October cold, so you still have time to, to leave them on the, on the, the vine. I pull all those uh, tomatoes off, and I, I put the green ones in one bag. I put the ones that have some blush in another bag and ones that are pretty, pretty far along in another bag, and each bag has an apple in it. The apple produces this ethylene gas, which will make those uh, tomatoes ripen for you. And uh, you'll have tomatoes all the way to Thanksgiving. All right, Doug, take us home, buddy. Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. All right, gentlemen, thanks, Doug. Have a happy birthday. Stay with us. Melinda's got the news next. And then it's ribs and wings, the topic of conversation with Joe and Frank today on the Coons Cooking Hour. This Labor Day weekend, Rob Pratt Sunday continues in minutes. KDKA Radio. Good morning.